UX Podcast Episode 49. You're listening to UX Podcast brought to you from Stockholm, Sweden. For people passionate about balancing business, technology and users within the realm of digital media. Helping you break down silos, here are your hosts, James Royal Lawson and Per Axboom. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of UX Podcast. You're listening to me, Per Axboom. And me, James Royal Lawson. And today, uh, it's lovely weather outside, actually. It is. We're sat in the uh, Swedish Post and Telecom Authority uh, office uh, because we have a guest today. <laughs> Not because we've just broken in. Or no. <laughs> You might think that we're actually three consultants sitting here in a like a cafeteria area or sofa area. Yeah. And uh, James, what, what, what's the topic we were going to talk about today? Why we're, here? we're not allowed to tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was terrible. Excellent. Sorry, I could, that was really bad. <laughs> Privacy. Ah. Okay. Mm. We're a bit kind of um, inspired by the whole um, um, prism mm. um, disclosure mm. this last week. Um, that the American government's been prying on all our all our things, yeah. and what we say and what we do, and emails and everything. So the Prism surveillance, surveillance program that yeah. we really don't know a lot about. But well, we're not not completely sure yeah. uh, about everything. A lot of lot of rumors, and as usual with these kind of things, a lot of rumors and speculation. But who's so, our so guest? You, yeah, you, guest? you had the idea of yeah, then we should bring in a guest. Yeah. we don't know a lot about this stuff. About well, it's not our it's not our main area. We, you, we, you immediately thought of somebody we've had uh, on our list for a while now, mm-hmm. uh, Per Landra, who, who sometimes tweets about privacy issues, and I saw you were quite active in this discussion as well. And uh, you're a planero on Twitter, and I always thought that had something to do with you being a planner or something. And then I realized, oh my God, no, it's his name. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Pat. Thank you very much. Uh, so you're, I mentioned you're a consultant as well. Yes. And uh, you founded and you're a consultant for a company called MetaMatrix. That's true. Uh, so tell us a bit about what type of work you do. Well, I've been uh, an internet consultant for the last 14 years, I think, since we founded the company. And during 14 years of internet work, you get to try out lots of different things. So I've been a teacher, I've been a programmer, I've been um, writing uh, market surveys and doing user studies and all kinds of things. But everything has been circling around the web somehow. And recently... It's been a bit more about privacy and especially about uh, contracts on the web. Okay. You know, the documents that you never read, the, ter- <laughs> yeah. the terms of service and, and the privacy policy. <laughs> you just click and go, yeah, I'll have that. Yeah. Somebody said there are two human constructions that can be seen from outer space. And do you know which ones? Well, the wall of China, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. And the other one is uh, the terms of service of <laughs> some website. Because it's so long. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's usually a common usability issue that we talk about, is having to click in that box uh, saying that you agree to the terms. And I watch people do this, and I see them never, ever reading the stuff. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes out and 
and well, there's this scoop. Oh my God, they have this in the privacy terms, and there, the med- there's media coverage around it. And everybody's mm. outraged, and they sign petitions, and they join Facebook groups, and mm. we didn't know about this. And and why are people so surprised? <laughs> because well, they no, they think... obviously checked the box that said they read the privacy <laughs> terms. I think one of the mm. one of the first. Mm. Large-scale examples I can remember. Examples I can remember of that was when um, a few years ago now, um, suddenly everyone was worried that Facebook were going to use their photos in mm. adverts mm. Yep. Um, because they'd they'd introduced a checkbox somewhere that basically you know, allowed this to be used for that. Right. So it was a massive storm. Mm. People, you know, closing Facebook book accounts left, right, and centre to try and protect their pictures, mm. and yeah, it does happen constantly. Yeah, the scares. <laughs> So your your project, Pat, is a, sort of a an attempt to solve this problem. I think. Yes, uh, there are actually uh, a dozen or so projects around the world that try to solve this problem, which we call the the biggest lie on the web. And the biggest lie, of course, is yes, I have read and agree, uh, because you haven't read. Yeah. And. Uh, there's especially one project in Germany, I think. It's called TOSDR. Have you ever seen the the abbreviation uh, TLDR? TLDR. TL semicolon DR. Mm, means T-L-D-R. too long, didn't read. <laughs> right. And <Yeah. laughs> then some people from Germany started this project called TOSDR, which means terms of service didn't read right uh, and they are trying to solve this problem by having people they have a crowdsourcing project uh, they try to get people to put grades on different websites terms so for example facebook may get a c because they have some good uh, terms and they have some bad terms and overall it's a c okay. and, and google maybe gets a b because they have they're doing pretty good efforts to, to have good terms. Mm. Well, Facebook are t- trying. They, they are also trying. Um, I don't remember the actual grades, but this project is nice because they have crowdsourced the evaluation of the terms. And right. then they produce mm. browser plugins so that once you reach a website, if there is a grade, you will see it signed somewhere in the browser periphery. Uh, so you know if there's an F grade, you should be you should, on you should actually bother to read the ah. yeah. read the terms and conditions. Mm. Uh, but yeah. if it's an A or B, mm. then it's probably fine because mm. uh, some people have looked at it and they said it's okay. Yeah. You're not selling all of your soul to the devil, just exactly. a little bit of it, so it's exactly. okay. So yeah. that is one nice approach, and my project is a little different. Well, I must say that the, the, where that approach actually fails is having to install the browser plugin because. Yeah. I mean, how many people are going to actually do that? It's, it's yeah. low. Yeah. Um, you're right, but mm. you have to start somewhere. And if, oh, absolutely. If oh, this yeah. browser plugin mm. turns out to mm. be very efficient mm. and, and well working, mm. then maybe some of the browser manufacturers will um, include it, from, it from scratch. Yeah, yeah. that's a good if point. If we think about the, the way that um, the privacy certificates have um, evolved over recent years. Oh, yeah, with now, the SSL certificates, yeah. locks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't completely agree with all the implementations of it, mm. but that's an example of something which effectively started out as a kind of like a plugin mm. and has become oh, a, main, a mainstream feature by visualizing, yeah. oh, is this certificate valid or broken or oh, mm. are we secure or not? Right. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a chance, I guess, that it yeah. could become mainstream. Anyway, 
I, I really applaud this project, TOSDR, uh, but I also have my own project, which I run not alone, but with the help of some friends mm -hmm. and, and uh, people around the world. It's called Common Terms, commonterms.net. Um, we have a slightly different approach. We let the website owner or the lawyer working for the website uh, make a self-declaration. So they produce a one-screen summary of the most important parts of their terms. Mm -hmm. And then we have a proposal for a standardized layout of this one-screen summary and uh, a method for selecting the most important stuff. From maybe 20 pages, you have to extract one page. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there must be a standardized way of how do you uh, select which ones to display and uh, how do you formulate so that it's consistent between websites. Mm. Because the idea is that people should start to feel familiar with the presentation and um, recognize the formulation so that they don't need to read everything all over again. Mm. Right. Kind of like semantic terms and conditions. Yeah, uh, standardized mm. formulations. Mm. So we, we have a database of common terms. That's where we got our name. Mm. Uh, uh, and this database we created by uh, a detailed study of 22 agreements that we found on different websites, mm -hmm. both uh, the big ones and uh, representatives for smaller ones. Uh, and we found uh, some 450 different terms, and we selected from those 450 maybe 30 that we think are more important for the user right. before signing up. Uh, as a basis for this uh, selection, we used the EU recommendation for consumer protection. Mm -hmm. There's a, an old document that um, enumerates all kinds of terms that users should be wary about. Mm. Aha, okay. And in, that's on con consumer agreements. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in the US, there is a similar thing called the FIPS, the Fair Information Principles. Oh, I don't remember the, the exact... Um, uh, what the exact words are, but, yeah. but hmm. it's a set of recommendations for how privacy information should be presented. Okay. What aspects of privacy should be presented and those have been in use for 20 years I think uh, they can be used as a guidance to, for what terms should be in the, in the one screen pre mm. preview so I've been working on this project for two and a half years okay. and uh, we received funding several times from Internetfonden which is the Swedish uh, Internet Infrastructure Foundation Yeah. Uh, so we've been able to um, to put some effort and some uh, well, we've been able to keep going for more than a year. And many of these projects, they they get some ideas and they start working and they find out, oh, this is really tough. Mm. Uh, mm. I can't do it. So after a few months, they they drop it. Mm. Uh, but thanks to the internet fund, we've been able to uh, keep working. And I'm now. Uh, leading an international uh, email list mm -hmm. of other projects that have the same goal. Okay. Uh, it's called Open Notice, OpenNotice.org, uh, and we have also regular tel teleconferences uh, to discuss and to coordinate. And 
that's where I met the guys at uh, TOSDR, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a few other projects as well. For example, there is a project um, from uh, a New York startup called Docracy. Uh, they are um, harvesting terms and conditions from websites and um, extracting differences. So if if they uh, uh, they get it every week, and if there's a, n- a change from one week to the other, oh, right, the Monta particular you, site. But you, you say okay, Monta Facebook, and yeah. then alarm bells ring when they notice some wordings change somewhere. Yeah, if ah. something change, you will get a notice. Right. Yeah. And there's an API to their service and. Um, the EFF, Electronic Frontier yeah. Foundation, they have a similar service. It's called mm. Tossback. Mm. Mm. Uh, so that's yet another approach. And there are even more pro- uh, projects trying to solve this. For example, Yulu is a project that um, <laughs> tries <laughs> Makes to... Makes me think of my kids are running around yelling YOLO right now. Yeah, you, you only live once. Oh. Ah, <laughs> right. uh, that's true one way of reading it. Yeah. Uh, you know... Uh, when you when you download software, you yeah. have to accept the EULA. Uh, uh, EULA, 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 And that's very much the mm. same problem. Mm. Because mm. you don't read that either. When you, 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 again, you don't have much choice. No. It's, it's like the whole Facebook well, thing. A few I mean, times you do have a choice. It's the same thing. Always, it's also, also always at the end. Yeah. You already filled in a lot of information. You're not going to stop there. Well, oh, yeah. you've, you've, you've had a need. You've, you've realized that, I don't know, you, you need to buy Photoshop because yeah. you you've got a project where you have to yeah. use Photoshop. Yeah. And then you know, when you got to the point of actually buying it, you've got, you've got a manager to sign off on funding to actually get it and so on. You're not just going to suddenly start reading and go, oh, yeah. gosh, should I run this through our legal department? Should I actually say yes before I download this and actually install this? I mean, it, it's, it's not reasonable. No, it's not going to happen. No, same with Facebook. We're, now, with the penetration of Facebook... A lot of people now are not going to say they're not going to click no to the terms and conditions when they've decided to sign up for Facebook, yeah. and ninety nine percent of their friends are on Facebook. It's That's never right. going to happen. That's right. So you, it's a, it's you the, don't have a choice. No, uh, and still you ha- you're um, you're forced to lie. You're you're you're, <laughs> you're bullied into accepting the terms and conditions yeah, and on their terms without any negotiation. But but you're you're right. It's a lie because you're not accepting the terms. You're just checking the box, really. Because yeah. you don't accept them, because you're you don't know me- what they are. You're doing a mechanical. Yeah. You're, you're just mechanically clicking something. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. it seems like there are a lot of projects then working with this. And what are the big challenges of actually going from these ideas to widespread adoption? Yeah. Before starting this recording, mm-hmm. you mentioned a website called 500px. Yeah. And they made a pretty nice um, attempt at uh, simplifying their terms by having a two-column layout mm. where the left column includes all the traditional terms in mm. legalese and the right column contains just bullet points with simple phrases yeah and if you go to a ux conference the, i mean that slide is bound to come up with that example actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it, it did and it actually came up um, at ux select yeah. one of the uh, things and i went to and I, uh, one of the complaints there was that um, yeah when you have all the simple text mm. at the side the, the taken away from the legalese mm. why can't we just get rid of legalese and have yeah. it even simpler mm. and just have the simple text that you mm. have read maybe and have yeah. agreed to unfortunately it's not doable uh, because uh, lawyers do have um, right to exist and they do have a, a pretty important <laughs> function <They're> people too <laughs> uh, when there's a conflict sometimes you need an agreement that will um, stipulate what should be done mm. and Lawyers are trained to phrase this very, very um, mm. precisely. 
uh, and sometimes it's not precise, but it's still very. Um, uh, it's not by chance that they formulate them the way they do. To me, it always sounds like they're they have they do this because they need a job. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, they do, but um, but there is motivation for there it. There is a very long tradition of. Mm. of uh, contract writing and yeah. exactly yeah this long tradition i think i think here it's an example again of how we've we've scaled with, with the advent of the internet and the the adoption of of thousands of services i mean we've most of us now have you know a hundred or so apps on our phone and god knows how many business software and computers and everything we've agreed to we've we've gone from a time not so long ago where you maybe only signed a few contracts in your life well, maybe a job contract, house contracts, and maybe a few other services and things. Yeah. But that was pretty much it. Whereas now, we're, we're accepting contracts and signing contracts effectively on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. There was so, a study said, saying that you must spend 76 working days per year if you're supposed to read all of those contracts in full. And still, you wouldn't probably understand everything. Uh, so, yes, you're agreeing to a lot. Uh, where was I? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you were starting with example, the 500px example. Yeah, the 500px. Yeah. Yeah. They did a nice mm-hmm. try. They put the simplified mm-hmm. version in the right column. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a long discussion, I think it was on um, Y Combinator or, mm-hmm. some, or Reddit. Mm-hmm. Someplace there was a discussion regarding what side is going to hold in court. Which side are the judge judges going to look at and right. the answer seems to be that uh, whatever side the simple one or the uh, complete one that is most um, uh, generous or uh, in the interest of the consumer will be the one that the court will look at and say this mm. one is valid mm-hmm. so it's impossible to have so basically you, you have two agreements and the one, the well, one that's more generous to the user will actually yeah. be the one that's... So back to what I said, so, then, so if you do get rid of the, the complicated one yeah. the simple one, then the so, simple one does win. So, so it's not yes, really a, this so it's not just a simplification, it actually changes the mm, terms. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it course, seems to be too, yeah. impossible mm-hmm. to, to have a contract that is simpler than what they already have in the long ones. Because the simpler one will win over the complicated one. Yeah. And, and the interpretation, because it's simpler... It's going to be less specific, mm. and the, the court will judge uh, in the direction that is most uh, um, convenient well, to, yeah, to the Yeah, so, so that is not uh, protecting the, the owner of the service. Yeah. Well, that's actually really that so that's that's why that's they cannot do we it. like that, because it's, uh, yeah, because the, the way we got there, um, that you can't read, so you've got two things on the same page then, of course, you're accepting the page. And yeah. the simple one has got to win. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, so maybe you get someone to outsource it, get someone to write an independent translation of it and sit mm-hmm. on some other site that you can kind of... No, but I guess, uh, since there is a big problem here, mm. uh, a usability problem and a legal problem, I guess. Well, in legal philosophy, you're supposed to have a meeting of minds whenever you have a contract. Mm. That is, uh, the people who agree... They should understand what mm-hmm. they are agreeing exactly. to. And you don't have that meeting of minds today. In fact, that quite often uh, contracts have been thrown out, haven't they, in the past, where oh, there hasn't been that Sometimes meeting of minds. the contracts are deemed as not, uh, not valid mm. because there was no meeting of minds. Oh, but really? But sometimes, wow. well, you actually 
um, write that off when you tick the box. Uh, so that signifies that you, you say you have read it, so you, you, you're counted as if you had read it. So it's usually they hold. Mm. Uh, but philosophically, it's not good no. uh, from a legal standpoint. Uh, and from a usability point, standpoint, it's not really um, good mm. because users don't know the rules. Mm. Uh, people spend a lot of time on Facebook and they don't know the rules. They spend a lot of time in mm. a country uh, and they usually have some idea of what laws are governing the, the life in this country. Mm. But when they spend so much time in Facebook, they don't have a clue what rules apply. Yeah. That's it's a very good point. And also, yeah, you, it's a very good point. And mm. we, we also have the problem that um, people, have, people, have, people think still that they're speaking in closed rooms. Yes. As it used to be, like now, you know, once upon a time, we maybe us three would sit here and we'd have a private conversation, and we'd be pretty sure that it was private. And people have transferred this this way of thinking onto the internet and places like Facebook, and they're at times quite confident that they're talking to just their friends or just a subset of their friends. So it's a maturity issue, basically, then that you don't realize that you're talking com- online. Com- and yeah, it's a maturity and also yeah. complexity, because we've we've seen examples. Often, it's sports people for some bizarre reason, um, where they've written something that's um, inflammatory or even maybe even racist or something, and they've they've published it to their friends on Facebook, and then maybe you know, somehow or other their private settings have been altered, so they've made it public. Hmm. And yeah. then that causes or, a huge was for all. Share it. Somebody was able to share it. Oh, you've, exactly. Like or someone shared it because I haven't realised that it doesn't right. stop inside that, well, the original room. That happened to Mark Zuckerberg's sister. Yes, <laughs> the nah. picture. The, 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 was it Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was Thanksgiving the kitchen, um, kitchen picture. Kitchen picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened there, yeah. yeah. We've had, um, we've had Facebook, was, that was Twitter though, wasn't it? Maybe it started on oh, Twitter. No, it was Facebook. It was, it was Facebook, Facebook, but it got published else, on, Twitter and said, on Twitter. I'm not sure you wanted to publish that. Yeah. So again, we've lost this... We've lost the, the walls, yeah. but you think the walls are still there. And they're moving. And they're moving. And they move moving. for you. And they, move, mm. they can move because of bugs in software. Like, I yeah. mean, we've all suffered from, mm. again, I'm going to talk about Facebook, that's because it's just so ubiquitous. Um, you go to the app and you notice that the privacy settings on the app are public. But you, you can be sure that you've had them set to something more restrictive on the web version. Yeah. Mm. They, they've changed. They've, they've crashed with each other and, and altered each other mm. quite a few times for, for me and for lots of other people I know. Now we're, I mean, mm-hmm. over the next few years, we're moving into an area or a time when people actually have wearable cameras taking photos all oh. the time. I mean, Momentum. from there to microphones on, on all the time. Mm-hmm. We're already getting reports to, that it's easy to bug phones and actually turn mm-hmm. on the microphone and listen to it mm-hmm. from a distance. So, I mean, the privacy issues we're talking about that we're not aware of on, on Facebook, they're going to have to apply in the real world soon as well yeah. actually in addition to this we've got we've got the privacy the privacy settings that we we think we're aware of we know that there's possibilities to restrict the viewing of content but if we take it one step further into our maturity or knowledge of it all we don't really quite yet understand just how permanent a lot of digital artifacts we produce are once you've written once you've produced something digitally it's incredibly easy for that to be left somewhere or to be copied or to, to you know, remain after you've deleted something or, or closed something down before we could burn if we, we could rip up contracts we could, we could burn them in the fire afterwards you know the, the classic thing you see in films where someone rips that up and then they, you know, the Hollywood thing and they throw it in the fire and there'd be flames and it's all done and the, you know, the, the, thing, the moment's gone whereas oh, with Prism and with other things you can see that data can be reconstructed and, and pieced together again 
um, oh, reasonably simply. And yeah, the nothing... contracts that we have today are accepted once and then it's always there. Mm. Uh, there's no negotiation really. Mm. But um, have you heard of CRM systems? Customer relationship Relation management, management. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you ever hear about uh, VRM systems? No. That's uh, vendor relationship <laughs> uh, management. Vendor. Oh, vendor. Okay. All right. You know, uh, the providers of services usually have CRM systems yeah. because they want to manage their customers. Mm. But we should really have vendor management systems. The way around, flip it. Yeah. Uh, vendor relationship management, because we should be able to manage our vendors and have a track record of mm. did they behave well, mm. uh, what interaction have I had with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a project uh, called the VRM project mm. uh, that is, is developing uh, tools for vendor relationship management. Okay. And that includes... Uh, contracts mm-hmm. so you whenever you accept a contract you download it or maybe you upload it to a cloud service mm-hmm. of your own and when you go back to them uh, you can uh, maybe point to that contract which you have already and if they change something uh, you will be able to tell them and uh, there will be tools for negotiation in the VRM project mm-hmm. as well so um, that's interesting. Sort of that with also with the grading of the different terms of service. So it's more of a crowdsourced mm. solution where people have together actually evaluate the, the, the terms of service that are out there instead of, mm. and that and that sense are actually pushing on on the vendors to actually mm. shape up and, and do something about it. You're right. I mean, we touched upon this kind of thinking with with profiles and um, um, with, with other settings, privacy settings. That, a lot of these situations should be flipped and we should sit in the centre mm. um, as individuals. Banking, we even talked about this about, yeah. that, you know, all my finance stuff, I'd like to have, it, I, I'm the centre of it all. Yeah. Why can't I decide what I pull in and pull out? I, I want to visit, the, the, like, the pension management company and, yeah. and the financial services and the stock management and the bank. And yeah, I want that to go there, this to go it's there. it's all my money and yeah. I want it in the same place. Mm. So, so, so we, in future years, we, we have to be the center and the focus of a lot of these things to make it manageable. But it is really, I mean, thinking about it, how many of these terms of service did our like, parents have to approve each week? I mean, I, I approve one of these terms of service every week now because I, I try out so many new services all the time. At least every I week. Mean, I mean, it's, it's unheard of in history having to agree to so much stuff all yeah. the time. So it, so it is it was, actually... A, we've broke the scale. It's, it's a huge new problem. Yeah. But we're and using that's why you don't have the meeting of minds. In the, you know, no. it's, you're just copying and pasting and, and, and producing new stuff all the time. Like Paris said, um, we're using um, terms and conditions history going back you know, decades and decades of, of tweaking and, and, and get these certain paragraphs exactly how they worked mm. for a non-digital world and kind of cramming them into um, the last 15, 20 years of the digital world and trying to get them to work. Does anyone know if... Um, has there been any cases where someone's... Um, oh, had taken some terms and conditions to court and tried to get them thrown out on a usability front. You know, as in we, we've we've seen plenty of dodgy terms and conditions. You know, the, the black, um, you know, the dark methods, dark patterns way of hiding checkboxes and and getting people yeah. to agree to stuff without even giving them the chance to read stuff. Yeah. Has anyone managed to throw out any yeah. terms and conditions uh, because of the bad usability? There, there is something called click wrap. You probably know, mm. and there's also something called browse wrap which means you are accepting the agreement by just reading the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
there may be a notice down somewhere on the bottom of the page. And I think browse wrap can be um, considered non-valid contracts by a court. Uh, but click wrap usually uh, applies and is valid. Um, but sometimes when people are... Um, there's a conflict uh, and they go to court, they will say that, well, I didn't really understand this or mm. I didn't expect this. And in a few cases, you can get the contract uh, reverted. Uh, and usability could be one of the gro- grounds mm. for that decision because mm. you didn't really have a chance to read it somehow. Mm. Um, but many times the court says, no, it's valid, you, you really did check the box. And, well, checking the box usually is something that you're conscious of, of doing. Mm. If the box was pre-checked, probably that would mean mm. it's not valid. Mm. Because then you could theoretically have missed it mm. and just click the next button. Yeah. But, but if it's not pre-checked, then I think it will hold. Mm. There's also the onus on the, the developers to make sure that their products and sites work on absolutely every single potential device that can display those terms and conditions. But I've had situations where I've been using slightly odd devices where things haven't displayed properly. You can still maybe check the box and go forward, mm. but maybe I haven't been able to read everything because I couldn't scroll the page, yeah. um, I couldn't zoom in or out or something. Or the font is too small. But it's that also interesting if you have an error message. You don't check the box. You click OK, and there's an error message. And mm. depending on what the error message says, that could probably deem it irrelevant if it says you have to click the box, and it doesn't say anything about the agreement, and it just says oh, you have to click the box. OK, I have yeah. to click the box and then continue, mm. not realizing that that also means that I have to agree with the terms that I yeah. didn't actually mm. read. Yeah. We're, well, we, we have to make all this simpler from a, from <laughs> yeah. a language point of view and a, and a usability point of view because it's, 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 inf- it's just not feasible to expect every generation of person from from minors up to um, you know, the silver surfers and the older generations to understand and, and manage all of these different situations. I mean, it, it's not uh, obvious that you have to read everything. You shouldn't really be forced to read. Uh, you don't read the full um, collection of laws, no. but you're still expected to follow the law. Um, yeah. But you can use brands mm. that you trust and usually companies with a brand will behave mm. um, they generally don't do evil yeah yeah but in in the digital world the investment that companies need to make to put up a website is so small uh, mm. that um, there's really not a big brand to protect mm when you're new and it is when you're new that lots of people are expected to read those terms Mm. because when you're new that's when you try out the service especially if you like Per who's trying out every new service so you try them when they are new and when they are new they don't have a brand to protect they don't have an investment to protect Mm. so they can really misbehave Um, so it's not um, very easy to say. Should you read everything? Well, I, maybe not. But also, I'm afraid now that you're, I'm actually talking to you here, and I'm realizing I, I sign up for all these services, and I've checked the box, 
and maybe in the services it says I agree to all updates of this agreement yes. and uh, this it's just floating around out there and they have all my data and all of a sudden they just update the agreements to say that they can share that data with other people and I, I, it just doesn't matter because I've, I've at some point in time actually said yes to that yeah. yeah we're very bad at tidying up after us yes we are digitally yeah, um, yeah I so, think yeah. when they hide things in these agreements the most common uh, naughty thing they are hiding is exactly that yes we can change the terms anytime mm. and you are expected to accept it yeah. silently that's the most common non-acceptable thing. That's really thing. scary. <laughs> and it, it, in the 22 agreements that I studied in close detail, I think I found it in seven or so. Ooh. Oh, God, uh, that's a high percentage. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't quote me on that figure, but yeah, it, it but appears you, you, you several saw, times. About a third, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that is probably the most uh, common um, bad thing. Mm-hmm. But then there's some funny things as well. For example, some of these documents, they contain a paragraph that said, congratulations, you read every sentence until this one, and this one says, you'll get a monetary reward if you just send an email to this email address. And (laughs) uh, so 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 few people are reading that they can afford to give $1,000 to everybody (laughs) who sends an email. So that has happened. Well, that's an excellent incentive to actually start reading this. Well, yeah. But that, again, surely could be used against them. Yeah. Because if you, if you end up in a court case about those technicians and you ask them, well, how many people have you actually paid? And they say, well, we've never paid anyone. So that maybe would prove, yeah. because people know that, given that incent- incentive, they would actually send the email and would get the money. So. Yeah, but uh, people have gotten money from a company that yeah. did this. Yeah. Um, another company, <laughs> a game company, I think, they said that you are... Um, Testamentera, what's that in English? Your testament. Your will and testament. You, what, you mean after you, you after you've died? You're donating your soul yeah. Yeah. to us yeah. if you accept this. Oh, my God. Well done. <laughs> there you go. So what does that mean in court? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. There, there are all kinds of funny things in these documents when you look at them. And yes. there are all kinds of very, very boring things, too. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I think that's, that's like been the case with the... That's what you expect, the boring things. Does MailChimp have two versions? I think no, I don't think so. Are you sure? MailChimp, yes. I think they do. Actually, they have, they have the, the, the legalese stuff, and then I think to the, the right they have the on-brand you know, funny monkey oh, the, the stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, 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 yeah, so actually, this means we really kind of you know, yeah. eat bananas. Actually, I'm, I'm friends with um, Greg Bernstein, the UX uh, expert at MailChimp, mm. okay. who... Uh, worked on these terms and conditions for MailChimp the last Mm. year Uh, he's been contributing a lot to uh, common terms as well Uh, and they did very serious work to to simplify their terms Mm. but they really had to uh, keep the complicated things Mm. for legal reasons are they they California based? they're American based yeah they, he lives in Atlanta, Georgia, mm. I think. Either way, it's America. I'm just thinking mm. about the legal context for, yeah. for simplifying. So they, they really wanted to simplify, but mm. they found out they couldn't. But mm. they did lots of uh, uh, graphical design improvements, and they revised the language, and they put all these explanations by the side, and they did everything they could to make it accessible. Mm. Uh, but... Mm, 
I, I mean, so the companies are trying and they're putting a lot of money and effort into actually changing this stuff. But yeah. I mean, I would expect that people are still not reading it. Probably, because yes. It, it's, it's sort of built into your body now that you just click that box and go yes. and get on with it. Mm. Mm. So and something else has to actually change. And it's still not entirely sure that governments aren't allowed to just override all this and read it anyway. Mm. And but, we have data that's flowing between countries. Yeah. Because um, it's not necessarily, the data center is not necessarily the same country as the country you signed the agreement in. Uh, Are you familiar with the open source world? Yep. Yeah. Uh, there you have the GPL contract and the GNU-less mm, and right. everything, uh, the Apache contract and BSD contract. Mm. Um, that probably amounts to a dozen or two dozen of standard contracts. And when you have a dozen, it's, it's actually doable to read them mm. once and for all and learn about them. And then when you stumble upon another software package that you need, you recognize, oh, this it's still the, the GNU uh, contract. That, right. I accepted. Yeah, that, that, that one's, that one's trusted. Yeah. yeah, we like that one. Yeah. So I think having a bunch of standard contracts is mm. a good idea. But for general uh, online services, you cannot have a, a few standard contracts because they are so diverse. Mm. Uh, but the idea with common terms is that Okay, you cannot have a full contract, but you can have the building blocks, the the clauses or terms. Yeah. You can have standard formulations for them, uh, and then you can have tools that highlight the ones that you really should care about. Right. So it's a very uh, big challenge to to get this working, but we we are still working on it, and we think maybe in a few years' time it can be useful for most websites. I like that approach of actually having piecing it together from, from things that people recognize because then you start reading the paragraph and realize, yeah, that's the paragraph that I recognize from over mm. here mm. as long as I know that it's taken from the standard and set. And if of you have your process. own storage with things that you have mm. accepted before, mm. then you can automatically highlight, okay, this new contract yeah, contains right. only these three mm. bullet points mm. that I have not yet seen. Mm. So you can ah. uh, take a stand on those three points. Exactly. Mm. So I think things could improve here, mm-hmm. but it's it's not in the interest of the big uh, online giants right now because they they're pretty happy with uh, having people sign up for whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've um, probably got to wrap up, I guess. Now we're wrapping up. Wrapping up, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, now just a lot th- of your time here. Yeah, Pera, but I was just thinking that, that, that we. With, with terms and conditions we're, and privacy, a lot of these things, we're really yeah. pushing traditional, well, old mechanisms to their absolute limits, beyond the limits, and it, it can't cope. And we, we've got an awful lot of work to do to, to, to help humans deal with the, the new world of digital, because it's very, very different to how it used to be. Yeah. And we're, we're, long, we're a long, long way away from making this all this work, from, from oh, just from that side of terms and conditions, but also from what we said about the the, the dealing with privacy settings, and and you know, running your life in the same way as you think you're running it. Who can do what with your content? Who can see it? Yeah, uh, it, it's more than the agreement. It's more. It's actually just understanding this world that you're now living in. Yeah, it's going very yeah. fast. We can we can do very complicated complicated things very quickly, um, and we can sign away a lot of things very quickly. And governments yeah. can do a lot of stuff very easily yeah. as well as we're seeing. 
So hmm. I'll definitely start marketing common terms uh, to, to my clients as well because, I mean, there are a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people out there who could make use of this. Actually. Yeah. Probably hmm. they will not be able to use it right away, but they should, True, but just, they just should look it up web. and get awareness. something. Yeah. yeah, they should get used to the idea of maybe um, presenting a summary and uh, maybe contributing to the project right. by trying it out. Mm. But it's still not uh, mature. Just put. I mean, the reason that the 500px example is so good is also because you need good examples. So we need more examples out there of companies doing it as well as well. So that just one last thing. Yeah. The 500px really did a nice uh, summary and simplification, uh, but their terms aren't really good. <laughs> <laughs> They're not at all in favor of the user. <laughs> Well, that's an excellent point because that's so funny because it's a UX example. Well, yeah, which, you know that because they made it so simple to understand. Yeah. They got lots of good... Uh, <laughs> you read the, the simple one either. They got lots of credit for, for the simple terms, yeah. but not many people read them and <laughs> Agreed with them. stated that, oh, really, these terms are bad, but they're clear. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. so funny. Well, that's fair enough. Oh, excellent. <laughs> that's a good point to end with. Uh, so... Should we finish off on a note? I mean, we're attending uh, a conference in September, aren't we, James? We are. Conversion Jam. Three. And, uh, it's Conversion the third Jam one. Three, right? Conversion Jam 3. Conversion Jam 3, yeah. We and were there last year. We were there last year. So for, if you've been with us for a while, you, you rem- you'll remember that we interviewed... Uh, Brian Clifton, Brian Clifton uh, Craig, Craig Sullivan, Amelie Nass, yep. and, and um, someone else. Uh, Morten... Um, Agner. Agner. Right. Yeah, we were uh, there. So... Uh, Good lineup of speakers this year as well with Brian Massey and Natalie Nahai, Craig Sullivan, Again. Andrew Maurice, Tom Westling, and Johnny Ekman of Conversionista himself, the conference organizers. And so we, that, that's really an excellent conference that, that we really recommend. And we've got something for the listeners. Oh, yeah, we have something, and that's why we're mentioning it right yeah. now. Cause, uh, until, I think it's still, I haven't got the date, but I think until the end of this month, yeah, you can... Or even June 21st. Oh, uh, yeah. You have to check that. A little bit but longer. In a few weeks' time, you have the cheaper price for it. Yeah, we've got a 200 kroner um, discount code. Yeah. Um, really good for you, for anyone in Stockholm and Sweden. Might be from, you know, someone else might want to come across from, from another country and um, say hello to us while we're recording some podcasts. So. It's um, uh, UX Podcast. Capital letters, according to the info I've got here. Yeah, we don't know how picky they are. No, but, that, but, um, but UX Podcast, it, Capital Letters, will word, give you yeah. 200 kroner off um, a Conversion Jam 3 um, tickets, which is, yeah. I think, is it the 10th of September, Pai? 10th of September yeah. in Stockholm. Yeah. So, uh, great chance to come and meet us as yeah. well, of course. Yeah. Forget about the list. <laughs> yeah. all, the, all the speakers, they're not relevant. It's us you want to see. <laughs> oh, yes. So, thank you again, Pat Lamara, for thank you. doing this with us today. Thanks. It was I learned a lot. Actually. Yeah, I learned a lot as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm off on vacation now. So we're, Good for we're you, I'm not. Some, some of the upcoming episodes, I think, we're uh, actually have to, going to have to do uh, over we, Skype. I'm going to be in Michigan. So we haven't, totally different time, we so. haven't, we haven't um, synchronized our calendars properly. No, so, so you're going on three weeks holiday, yeah. and then I'm going on two weeks holiday straight after that. Yeah. So I think we've got at least two episodes where we're going to be Skyping across yeah. the world. Because we actually, our effort is in there to actually do, this still, is how still do, uh, not bi-weekly, but bi-weekly. <laughs> Episode meaning two episodes every month. We just had an argument over. Facebook Is it my job to confuse bi- everyone? What does bi-weekly really mean? <laughs> 
twice a month we have UX Podcast, yes. and we will be recording it all the way through the summer for your listening pleasure, because we love you all so much. And everybody is just dying to hear more from us. <laughs> okay, everybody, remember to keep moving. And see you on the other side. You've been listening to UX Podcast with James Royal Lawson and Pear Axeboom. Visit uxpodcast.com for more episodes and to subscribe to the show. UX Podcast, moving the conversation beyond UX. Thank you.